Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Nudie Brains podcast. My name is Emily and I'm the host. I'm so excited to be interviewing Alicia, who is at Mostly Marine on Instagram. Um, a little bit of a backstory. She started following me when I had like no followers on Instagram when I had just started my account. And she seemed so cool. She had so many followers. She had so many beautiful pictures and seemed just like a really wonderful person. So I was totally fangirling when she followed me. And now she's somebody that I actually kind of consider a friend. Like we have a lot of things in common and we've both kind of been through some challenges in graduate school. Um, so we did have a few technological difficulties. She is based in a different location than I am, so we had to record on Skype, um, which meant the audio cut out in a few places. So you may notice that there are a few places where I had to insert clips that she re-recorded because they just got cut off or things like that. So I apologize, but she has a really cool story to tell, and I'm definitely going to have her on again because after we finished recording, we were like, oh my gosh, we should have talked about this. We should have talked about that. So once we both graduate, She's going to be back on the podcast, and we have so much more to talk about. So anyways, give her a follow if you don't already because she's great, um, and it's at Mostly Marine on Instagram. If you want to follow me, I'm at Emily the Marine Biologist on Instagram, so check out uh, my page over there, and if you have any questions, you're welcome to ask anything. Um, lastly, I just wanted to say thank you so much to Jared Chance Taylor for the music at the beginning of my podcast and Nick Ingram for... Um, making the awesome logo. So other than that, I hope you enjoy the podcast and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks so much. All right. So thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Alicia. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks. <laughs> what is your favorite invertebrate? Um, my favorite invertebrate, that's hard, but it's got to be a mollusk and, you know, probably new to Branks, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Is there one new to Brank that you like over the rest, or do you just like all of them? Yeah, I'm pretty biased towards the opalescent new to Brank. They're um, gorgeous. Opalescence, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Why did you start studying science in the first place? I think because I've always been super into animals growing up and just like super naturey. Um, and then I went to college and took a zoology class and was hooked. And then I realized I love invertebrates so much. They're so weird, so complex, but so simply complex. It's hard to explain. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, you made me think of another question, which I'll circle back to in a little bit. But do you want to tell us a little bit about what you research in graduate school? I study marine mussels and their response to climate change. And... In February, I did a simulation at our marine lab um, at Cal Poly Pier, where I simulated um, low oxygen and low temperature across treatments of mussels. I had about 600 mussels total. And to lower the oxygen, we bubbled in a gas mixture of nitrogen and CO2. And then the temperature was controlled with chillers, and it got very cold. So after the experiment, I stayed up for like two days straight because I had to collect samples every three hours or so and then change the gas tanks and uh, make sure the code was working. It was intense. 
But then after this, um, all my samples got flash frozen with um, dry ice, and then we took them to the Cal Poly campus to the minus 80 freezer, which minus 80 Celsius freezer, so it's really cold. And now I've been working on some lab work to quantify it, the proteins. So everything is still good. It's in the freezer. Um, proteins are intact. So now I'm quantifying them and doing so with Western blots, which allow us to see the variation in protein expression for um, important proteins that help deal with stress, that we had some hints to that they might be important. And then, um, so I'm doing the Western blots right now, and then my samples will be put through the mass spectrometer, which will tell us all the proteins in the mix, and it'll show us the variation across time points and treatments, and give us a ton of data, and this will help us to understand how the animals will respond to this change in the environment, and if they're gonna be okay, or like help us predict to what might happen with climate change. That's awesome. And how many mussels do you think you've interacted with over the course of your research? Because I remember seeing videos on Instagram of you like being up until, I don't know, crazy hours trying to process all your data. Yeah, so um, I've been here like three years now. So each year we collect like over a thousand mussels. Oh. So I've probably seen like 1600 plus 1600 plus my 600. So a lot, like 3000. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. <laughs> um, so this is not in my like pre list of questions, but I am really curious because I know you also do a lot of outdoorsy activities. You were talking about how that, you know, kind of led you into being a scientist. Um, so I know you do, you, you scavenge for, fungus is that correct so you like collect mushrooms and stuff just one species i get kind of sketched out about mushrooms just because they're so poisonous yeah so you have to make sure you're picking the right ones right they easily die and ruin your liver yeah how did you learn about doing that well the ones i've found are morels and they're pretty easy to identify they just look kind of spongy and other people were eating them, so I thought, okay. And then I looked online and it said, the only um, flaws with the fake morels is that you get food poisoning. And I can deal with food poisoning, I've got that before. <laughs> You're like, I'd rather have food poisoning than die. What do you eat them in? I've made little pastas and oh, cool. uh, put them on pizzas, it's so good. Yeah, that's awesome. And then I know that the other outdoorsy activity that you really do that's kind of unique is free diving. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, how you got involved with it? And yeah. Uh, I actually got involved with that um, doing research in my undergrad. We, me and the professor, we went out and collected snails and seaweeds to do cool. a feeding experiment. And I was just hooked because I didn't know California had such beautiful, clear waters. Yeah, where were you diving? Um, Catalina Island, so that's a oh, good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's gorgeous. Do you have any advice for people who like maybe want to start free diving? Like, how do you learn to hold your breath for so long? I don't actually hold it very long. I just think it's super relaxing to be out there um, swimming around. And also it's kind of 
of helpful for me with my anxiety, just like holding the breath regulates it. Um, and seeing the critters helps calm me down. So yeah, absolutely. What a great segue. Let's talk a little bit about mental health. Um, first, do you want to talk a little bit about your background with mental health? And then we can talk about, you know, challenges that maybe you faced in graduate school. Yeah, so I didn't really think I had any problems with mental health. I thought, oh, I'm, I'm normal. Everybody has panic attacks and stuff. <laughs> um, just overthinks things and yeah, basically rationalizing my problems. But graduate school made me realize that they were actually problems because it pushed me to my limits and I had several breakdowns and just couldn't hang. So I finally got help and they're like, hey, yeah, we could help you out. I'm like, what? Really? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And has it been like, has count has it been like counseling in graduate school that's really helped you or do you have any advice for people who are maybe like struggling with these same kind of things my situation was pretty unique in that I only got help for my mental health because I got a concussion and then I had no anxiety and no problems so I was like wow this is fun I like this and then it um, I healed and everything came back and I had so much anxiety and I was having panic attacks every day for like three weeks until, well, I went to the doctor, the general doctor and um, told her about my problems and then she prescribed me just generic Prozac for anxiety to try to reduce them and then it helped. It took a while to kick in and then it helped. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is good. And then it also helped me not cry as much. I'm like, wow, this is <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And have you like, do you have any advice for other graduate students? Cause I mean, mental health problems in graduate school just seem like such, like maybe it's just because they're getting more attention now, which I think is probably what it is, but it seems like, you know, graduate students are pushing themselves to the limits, to their yeah. breaking point. Do you have any advice for people like warning signs or things like that? Well, everybody's different, that's for sure. But if you had any like PTSD or like trauma in your past or just like struggling growing up or any sort of non super privileged life, <laughs> um, then you might be a candidate for getting help because grad school will definitely push you to the edge, if not over the edge. And why? waste it all and take care of yourself. I think it's stupid that professors push students to the limit and to the point of where like they don't care about their mental health because maybe they don't really know or they're just like, oh, whatever, I'm strong so they can be strong. But I think that it's really important, especially if you want to do good research, to take care of your mental health if you, especially if you have previous problems. I don't know if I answered the question. I think you did. No, that's totally fine. And have you, last question on this, unless there's anything else you want to talk about, have you been able to find resources through your school, whether that be like groups of people or even just talking to other students who are dealing with these kind of things to help support you through this process? Yeah, um, it was really helpful to have a friend who is also getting help with her mental health. She's much older, not much older. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Um, she's um, a little bit older than me, so more mature and more experienced with the world and stuff. So she helped me feel 
safe to try the medication and try the therapy. And I was like, it's not so bad. It's really helpful. It's working. It's not scary. But I was super scared to try it out because all my life I'm told, oh, medication's bad for you or whatever. But it's not. It's really helpful. And I'd be much worse off without it. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of being scared to try things, I think one of my like biggest things holding me back from diving and free diving, things like that is actually my anxiety. Like I'm so scared to get out there and just freak out. Do you have any advice for me for how I can get out there? Well, my therapist told me that it's like not recommended for her clients and stuff to hold their breath because that can induce fear and anxiety because a lot of people are just naturally trained to get scared holding your breath because it stimulates maybe I'm going to drown just mm. roll instinct in us but I think um because I was started diving when I was like three that I didn't have that issue yeah so you started early enough that now yeah. it's just sort of a relaxing thing for you yeah yeah that's great um it's to dive and stuff you can just train them to dive when they're like three or four. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As soon as they start swimming, be like, all right, we're going. <laughs> Let's go. Well, no, that's people dropping quarters and stuff. It was fun. I didn't have the ocean history. That's for sure. It was just simple swimming pool stuff. Yeah, definitely. Did you, so when was the first time you actually went free diving in the ocean? Um, I think it was in college. So, okay. Yeah. What year is it? 2019. I think it was 2013 when I went. Oh, okay. So not too, too long ago. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, well, just to wrap up, I have, I guess, two more questions that I thought of for you. The first is you take such beautiful pictures while you're free diving for Instagram and stuff. Do you, is there like a certain camera that you use or anything like that? Yeah, I just use the Olympus TG5, the Olympus Tough. It's already, um, waterproof and it just takes really great macros so I love it <laughs> yeah that's awesome you have some wonderful pictures I always enjoy when you post a new one and I get to look at it um and then my last question um because I know it can be kind of kind of tricky to come up with an obscure factor pun so you're welcome to share one of those or if you want to maybe share one of your like favorite places you ever went free diving both of those are totally fine <laughs> okay um Hard. Well, I love Monterey. That's just where my heart is. So definitely Monterey, even though the visibility is not that great every yeah. day. It's consistently good. And there are so many cool animals. So I think Monterey. Um, Lover's Point is my favorite. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. And if people want to follow you, what is your um, handle on Instagram? It's mostly marine, and I post lots of obscure facts on there. I just can't think of any on the spot, but <laughs> I always have them. They're all there. You just have to check them out there. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so much. I just wanted to pop in here at the end of the podcast to say that as I am kind of finishing up my graduate school journey, I am kind of looking towards the future and what I want to do. And I definitely think that scientific communication is a direction that I want to go in, whether that be developing curriculum for schools or continuing to work on podcasts, outreach, different things like that. Um, but 
obviously I can't do that for free for the rest of my life. So I am looking for sponsors um, and that kind of stuff. There's some links in my Instagram bio with some different ways that you can support my work. But also, if you just have an idea of a brand that might be looking for somebody to work with, um, feel free to send me a message because I am very interested in that. And I hope to just make my life about making sure that everyone has the opportunity to be educated in the sciences so that we can all, you know, take steps to make our world a better place. So if you have any interest in that or any suggestions, please let me know. Thank you.